Welcome to the Transformation and Coaching Industry Podcast, where we get the inside story of some of the world's most successful coaches and transformational change agents. My name is Dr. Matt Kreinheader. Tina, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for saying yes. I've been uh, looking into some of your background, love what you're up to, love the movement that you're about. And I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. And the place that I'd love to start is just giving people a little bit of your origin story. You know, uh, Tina Lorenz is obviously a superhero in the way that I see her anyway. <laughs> so let's have some of your origin story and how this all came to be. Sure. And thanks for having me here today. I'm excited about our conversation. Just so much fun. But uh, the origin story, well, I'm an unlikely success story. I'll say that right <laughs> off the top of the late bloomer who one of my messages is bloom longer, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, my beginnings were very inauspicious and probably similar to a lot of folks that might be listening to this because I had a super dysfunctional family situation when I was <laughs> growing up. And I was the youngest of four with big gaps between each of us as far as age. And uh, always really was trained into hypervigilance and what's going mm -hmm. on and do I need to save my mom, you know, and, and, you know, you can make the checklist of things that happen in highly dysfunctional families. They all probably all happened to me, right? That kind of thing. And so at the point of being 17, I literally climbed out my bedroom window. I had an old car because I was working in a, a, as a clerk in a store. So I had a little bit of money and I drove to Seattle, went to court, got myself emancipated and mm -hmm. started figuring out how to survive. At that point, life was mm -hmm. just about surviving, right? And there was no thrive involved. <laughs> so, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And I really had no picture in my own mind for myself of what I was capable of doing. Because mm -hmm. my whole life to that point had been all the things that I was reminded on a regular basis of what I was not capable of doing. So um, I got a job at a big teaching hospital connected with the University mm -hmm. of Washington. And I just started learning how to take care of myself. And typical story, ended up getting married, had have two amazing children and uh, went through a divorce after about 18 years and then began the really a very difficult part of the journey because mm -hmm. I ended up uh, with the person I met after 18 years out of the dating scene you know and a lesson number one I didn't trust that inner guidance that was happening when I met this individual and there was definitely a message coming that I said oh it must just be me because I haven't been dating so I just pushed it down lesson number one mm -hmm. uh, within less than a year I had to run for my life with my children from this individual mm -hmm. we were in a very very dramatic uh, domestic violence scenario we were living mm -hmm. on a yacht had to run had to uh, lost everything except our lives and had to start from scratch um, was stalked by this individual for a couple of years after that mm -hmm. and made national news, all those things. So I was really um, pretty devastated to say the least, but something yeah. in me, that little spark said, even then was like, this is a turning point in life. This is a crossroads. This is either going to define me as a survivor of something, or mm -hmm. let's put the word thriver back into the conversation. Someone that found the meaning somewhere along the way and somehow helped others and learn something from this experience rather than that becoming my lifestyle. Yeah. And it didn't make that much sense at the time because I was really in a fog of um, having been very controlled by this individual and trying to figure it all out and all mm -hmm. of it and, and fear and terror. So moving right along, ended up meeting uh, my, my current husband, who's a wonderful guy. And uh, we he didn't have anything when we met, neither did I. We had lost everything I had as far as financial stability or anything. And so we just started building a life together. Mm. And piece by piece, he started selling things. You know, we did swap meets. You know, I mean, I, I'd only worked in things like clerical work. 
selling things face to face, uh, waitressing, you know, food service, all of those types of things. And so we started making our way that way. And eventually uh, I learned a lot in that mm -hmm. experience because um, I ended up doing big promotional tours for ad agencies that so we weren't selling anything, but I learned how to really communicate deeply with people as far as attracting their attention, focusing on what it was they were looking for, um, offering a solution with, with the, what we were presenting. It was kind of an entertainment thing, but also teaching thing. So I went through that, but eventually all of that came to an end and I was sitting in our old mobile home in Yuma, Arizona. We had an old trailer house, didn't really still have very much money. And I was good old Google looking for something to do that could make, that I could support us. My husband's legally blind mm. and, it, and that was getting worse. And so it was mm. going to be up to me really. And I read an article about copywriting. I had never heard of it. Uh, I was already past 50 and I'm reading this thing and it's like, I could do that. And mm -hmm. I literally, I had a physical reaction of just literally breaking out in a sweat and just knowing this is it. I'm going to do this. So I told my husband and he has great faith in me. I said, I really, I'm, I'm going to do this. I believe I can do this. And so we did what any sane, normal person would do. We sold our place so I could have some money. To <laughs> <laughs> literally sold our house so I could start doing the new thing, uh, which also mm. the whole, you know, what do you need to be to do the thing to have the result, right? Amen. Yeah. That's what I did. And in my first year to shorten the story up, uh, I did multiple six figures off about half a million dollars my first mm. year. Freelance copywriter with no previous experience, no college degree, on my own since 17. So uh, that was the beginning of a, a very big and meaningful transformation in our lives. So uh, beautiful story. I love it. I love it. I, I'd love to double click on a, a couple things yeah. here. Um, the first is that uh, it it seems that so many of the people who I talk to who have found success have a really rocky start and there's this funny mechanism of how the universe seems to work that we get dealt this really rough hand. And in some ways, it never seems that way in the, in the moment, but in some ways it's really a gift because it generates a type of resilience and a type of uh, ability to see what's really going on. So I'm wondering if, if you have had that experience as well. Obviously there was some really challenging times and, and what do you feel that taught you or what did that create in you that has led to what you're experiencing now? Well, then we kind of go off into a little bit of the woo of the spiritual side. Love it. Let's do it. Because I can remember, and I still don't know if this is a common occurrence in other people or not, but even as a really small child, I remember, for example, having overwhelming feelings of what we would call deja vu to mm -hmm. the point where I had to go sit and put my head down. I mean, it was like the world, wow. is, the world is spinning and I had no one to say, what is this about? You know, and I just felt like there was something about what was happening that I already knew that mm. I already knew about, even as a, as a really little kid. And and through this time, my parents went through various religions and pulled me into the one they decided to join, you know, and I, I went through a lot of conflict over that. But mm. as I got a little bit older, I actually then started having very profound spiritual experiences. Mm. My own message meant for me individually by myself kind of a thing that I didn't share. I didn't share with other people, but I just knew there was this connection that I had this connection. It was guiding me and showing me as a matter of fact, when I was in my twenties, I had this overwhelming um, visual in my mind because I'm a very visual thinker also of just darkness, but knowing that in that darkness, I was being shot in the head. Mm. It terrified me. Obviously I was mm -hmm. a 21, something like that. Went to my mom. What is this? Of course, she said, it's just a, your imagination. 
and and I just kind of put that aside. But when things happened in my 40s, every part of me knew what was going to happen next because mm. I had already been shown what was going to happen. Wow. And it was just like a flash like that. I mean, it's not like I'm sitting there pondering this as the guy's loading a 357 Magnum this far from my head, right? Wow. I, was just, I just went in to survive, right? Yeah. And that part of my brain kicked in at high speed. But in in retrospect, I knew that, and I can't explain that, except I feel like I've been guided. And to answer your question, I feel like I've been guided of some little spark, some little flame, you know, that was that was still there that I had. And even as I started copywriting, I mean, I have had mentors and coaches, and I'm so grateful for all the people that have helped lift me along the way with this journey. But getting there, there was a lot of open space <laughs> where mm-hmm. there really wasn't. And my, my family blamed me for what had happened with the domestic mm. for example, you know, so I was really on my own a lot with those mm. things. Um, and I think that when I decided, made a decision, I was going to, this is going to be, I'm going to be a copywriter. I began instinctively at some level doing some of the things that would take me on that path. Yeah. And I just really believed that, that I, I, for whatever reason, I really believed that I could do it. And I started getting proof, evidence of that. The breadcrumb trail began because people started paying me more than I'd ever made in my entire life to do this thing. And, and it just kept building. I just I just built off of that. And of course, I've had my moments. I've had my downtimes. I've had times like, what in the world is happening? You know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's never just a smooth, okay, we've got it figured out. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What an amazing dimension to that story. And, and I bet as the the knowing developed inside of you and the, the being able to listen to some of those maybe subtle signals that really became part of the way that you made this big transition. And when things started to click. Well, can I, I, can I just interject just for a second, because yeah. part of that clicking and knowing other things that I realized that had been happening of kind of messaging for myself along the way. Yeah. But I, I go to these big marketing events, you know, just think of your typical big marketing event where you don't know anybody, you don't know a few people, you know, and I always made a point of talking to people I didn't know, actually. Yeah. I started it and I had the first one of really noticeably at this very first event that I went to when I decided I was going to be a copywriter. I got invited to a small event in Maine. And uh, basically it was, I'd, I'd put my last few hundred dollars into having a couple of chats with a life coach. When I told her my idea, I want to be a copywriter and, and some of what I've been through, she was like, if you can get to Maine, I'd like you to speak for five or 10 minutes at my event. Now mm-hmm. I wanted to go to her event, but I think it was $600. I didn't have it. You know, I was all the way to Maine from Arizona. And so that's why we sold the house. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I <Wow>. was going. <laughs> wow. So at that event, I mean, I was just sitting as, as a participant. A lot of things happened at that event for me, but I just couldn't stop focusing on one woman that I did not know. I didn't know her name, didn't know anything about her. And I just couldn't take my attention away from her. And I began to get like, I'm supposed to write something down, right? Mm-hmm. So I start writing by hand. I'm looking there, right? Okay, here it comes. You know, it's called the gift. I don't know what it means. And I start writing this thing. I had to rewrite it so it was legible because I could hardly read it. And during the break, I pulled it all up really tiny. And at, at, actually, at the end of the day, because I was so scared yeah. that I was supposed to hand her this, right? Had not talked to her at all. So here comes this crazy lady from Arizona with a little folded <laughs> up note. <laughs> you know? And I, you don't know me, but I'm supposed to give this to you. And I started to cry. And I, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not right. <laughs> and so the next day, she just came up to me and was like, Can I just thank you? Mm-hmm. It's going to be. And she then told me her story. And it had to do with, she was from the Northwest. She was 
um, probably in her late forties. She'd been the caretaker for her entire family. Everybody got sick, mom, dad, sister, whatever. <laughs> Everybody died. She mm. was, you know, and this is the condensed version, but she became, um, she was starting to drink too much. Mm. She was feeling suicidal and she had come to this event to try and find something to take her out of that. And the message was about, I, I, I could never recite it or anything, but the gist of the message was everything that's happened, someday you will see is actually a gift. There's a reason why this has happened to you. I knew nothing about her. And so we both, it's just my kilometers going off an hour, even as I say it, it was just like, woo, you know. Well, that started happening when I was at marketing events where I'd know something or I wow. just, or I would just think, oh, I should just share this or I should just write this down for this person. And then when I give it to them or I was the messenger, yeah. They would say, they would tell me what it meant. Mm. I, knew, I just knew I was supposed to say something or there was something that, you know, and it did require me saying things to people I didn't know without any thought of really not knowing how they would react. So that was also part of this journey. So it was Amazing. like those confirmations where I hear things that are not being said. I see what needs to be seen. I hear what needs to be heard. And I say what needs to be said, but it comes through me, not always from me. It comes yeah. And so that led to my divine download of Celestial Sherpa. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, my, my mentees in, my, in some of my groups are called Celestial Sherpas. And, and that's because we're guides and emissaries. That's what we do. Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and and your, your story dovetails well with mine. And, and I won't go into most of it other than uh, the, the Celestial Sherpa is a familiar archetype. And there was a very kind of deep experience I had after a long period of introspection where I got very clear that my soul mission is um, you hear their souls call and you set them on their path. So <laughs> very similar process, oh. right? So the kindred spirits here. Love that. <laughs> well, when I first started getting some of that stuff for myself, I, I just put a folder in the file drawer of the day. It started like nine or 10 years ago. I started getting, I call them divine DMs, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> this one's for you, you know? And, and I started writing things down and I'd be like, oh no, I don't think so. And I, I literally stacked books on top of what I was writing down. Like, I'm not looking at that. <laughs> you know? Are you talking to me? <laughs> and I had to work through that process of what, because yeah. I realized it wasn't just, see, see, it wasn't just me. It was you too, see? Right. <laughs> and it wasn't that I was to be that for everyone. It was that we find that in ourselves first, that source. For yes. that messaging and guidance and i didn't even know that sherpa also meant emissary until i looked it up when i got it uh, I like, okay it's a guide what else is it so i looked it up because i love word origins and geek yeah. out on this. <laughs> and i was like emissary but then it's like oh no <laughs> so all these things aren't always met with oh yes okay i got it no right you know, as a matter of fact, we were one of my favorite areas of the country because I have a big mobile office. You know, it looks like a semi. Think Walmart <laughs> only cool, right? It's like it looks like that, only it's all painted in beautiful colors and all that. And so I drive it. My husband's blind, remember? And so I'm driving up through like southern Utah, red rock country, gorgeous, mm. you know. And I was thinking about some of these things I've been called to in this messaging business that was going mm -hmm. on. And I'm driving along and I I said to myself self i'm a little bit scared and i come around the curve and there's a ranch with a sign over the gate it's very remote and it says little bit ranch <laughs> and i see the words little bit again so that's the first one i tell my husband oh look i just thought in there okay and but then i got very clear if you don't do this that this what you are being given and gifted we're moving on to somebody else who will do wow it. 
And I, I mean, I got that super clear. It wasn't pretty wow. much or anything. It was just, I knew that that was the case. And that's when I started talking about some of this, because I didn't talk about this stuff for a long time and what I was doing with copyright yeah. marketing, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and it highlights another like really pivotal aspect of this journey for so many people, which is getting out on the skinny branches. And and you've done that financially, you doubled down, you've done that in your in your messaging and, and now in this new endeavor uh, of working with people who maybe considered that they were going to be done with their process. And it's you've just gone for it, it sounds like a number of times. And I really appreciate that. And that's where all the magic happens. It's our, our least comfortable area, which usually holds the most opportunity for growth. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, working with the boomers and being the renegade boomer. It's, it's such an exciting brand. Well, it, it's funny because I've been asked, well, why do you think renegade? Well, the, at the very shallow level of this, and maybe there's serendipity in all of it, but that mobile office, I'm, the RV brand is a renegade. That's what, <laughs> and so, and, yes, boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all that and so really originally i bought the url like some years ago do you collect urls because yeah <laughs> the url collection just in case i haven't yeah. thought you know oh that would be cool so i had it you know and and then it's just evolved into as i started working uh, really seriously the clients that i've worked with over the years i see so many examples of people that are in corporate or they've mm -hmm. been channeled into a certain role in life right mm -hmm. for 10 20 30 years and then they're they're coming to me saying, I want to do something different, you know. And, and at first it was more just copywriting marketing strategy and all of that. Yeah. But it was always, well, where are they in the midst of this that they don't even know anymore who they are? And so like peeling back those layers and all of the my work when I work in my my own programs, even though they look like copywriting programs, I my joke is they're actually personal development programs disguised <laughs> in the midst of copywriting because I start with the whole neuroscience of the mind of how we think, how our brain is working, you know, the old habits of thought that are limiting us. And the other side of that is that divine connection, that spiritual mm -hmm. connection that gives that extra oomph to what you're doing, that rocket fuel. And then in the yeah. middle, is, okay, here's marketing and strategy. That's awesome. You know? And so I, I realized that so many people need that assistance, that support in how they get back to their true identity and how many, most of us don't even know who we actually are yeah and it's not like i'm a mom i'm a grandparent i'm a marketer i'm a chiropractor i'm you know it's not it's not any of that mm -hmm. and so being able to get back to down to that core of who are you really and and why what's really the purpose of why you're here and so yeah. uh i think that as people are approaching 50 especially it's just the world we live in is marginalizing people at a rapid rate yes. it's kind of the last ism that's completely socially acceptable it seems is ageism right mm -hmm. And so it's, and it's happening even to people in their forties. I talked to someone the other day that she was told in Hollywood at 25, she was already getting too old for, you know, which for singing and all this wow. like, going on here. And so uh, it's just become more and more of a, a, a passion and calling for me to assist those that are looking for that transition in life that, or they know there's something holding them back. There's these limiting things that are happening as far as how they're thinking and, there's so much it's just the more I've talked about it it's just flooding in with people saying yes I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. with you you know and so I see it as an anti-retirement movement in the sense that this isn't a judgmental thing it's that we need to rethink what that part of life looks like in my yes. opinion and and it's for each person to make those decisions for themselves and create 
be the creator of what, yep. they, what they and and really creating from the future, not from the past. You know, we, we kind of draw the threads out of of the things that have been helpful, the things that we might have expertise in, and then weave them together in a whole new way of looking at what we're going to do next. And and really, the word renegade, I mean, it also means rebel, renounce, mm -hmm. uh, you know? And so I see that as a positive thing if, to do that with the traditional thinking of you must retire or you must not have anything left to uh, give to the world because, oh my gosh, you're 50. And so many people have come to me saying, well, I'm already 50. I think it's too late. And it's like, are you kidding? You know, <laughs> you're just getting started. This yep. is the best part because your wisdom is coming with you, right? Yes. So all of that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really becoming um, a movement. You know, yeah. I really want to create that community of that safe place, but inspiring place and energizing place of where people can gather that are past 50, you know, yep. so I had someone reach out to me the other day and said, well, do you work with people that are under 50? I said, yeah, I can still do that too. <laughs> you <know? laughs> if you're already awake and aware, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, the challenges of the way that our culture has been set up is it really provides a, a consciousness that we spend from 20 to 65 or whatever the number is in a, a, a set of conditions to create safety. And then we have relief from, from the, the drive after that. But nowhere in that conversation for most people is purpose. Like, what was I put here for? What do I want to do? You know, what am I, am I just designed for? What am I uniquely and specifically built for? So I love that for many people who might not get the opportunity to even do that introspection and self-examination, you're creating a, a, a clarion call of sorts and saying, it's not done. It's, we're not done yet. We've got a lot more to give. And another aspect that I've been thinking about a lot over the last few years is, you know, in, in many cultures before modernity, there was a, a very specific role of eldership that was so important and so vital for leadership, for creating clarity, for keeping tradition. And that has been essentially eroded in this weird cult of youth that exists, especially in our country, and I'm sure other countries as well. So, you know, on, on top of this, I'm sure being a fun mission and an important mission, you know, I think it's a, it's going to be a revitalizing mission for many people to step into a role that's so desperately needed. Absolutely. Uh, as far as for each individual to be able to do this for themselves, right? And, yes. and, and in a supportive environment, you know, I, I always, people have asked me over the years, well, you know, I can just learn how to do this by myself. I don't need any coaching or mentoring. And then I'm kind of like, good luck with that. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, a lot of times we who are entrepreneurial tend to be more introverted in a lot of ways, you know, we yeah. have to switch of go time, right? But we spend hours working alone. I happen to work in silence. A lot of, you know, I'm, I, I miss that that entrepreneurial gene that needs to have music blasting and three things are happening at the same time to be able to work. That's not me. And yeah. I also don't work all night either. So that's, you know, I don't know. I made it anyway, but, but uh, you know, I work in silence a lot of the time, close the door. I want a certain atmospheric condition in my office. I have, blues, you know, all of that. I might light a candle, you know, that kind of stuff, but we need to be with other people who are like-minded because sometimes those near and dear to us, are the ones that are going to put the big giant kibosh on the on the dream or the vision faster than anything. You know, they're yeah. threatened by it. It's unfamiliar. I'm scared you're going to change. You know, you're going to make more money than me, or suddenly you're not going to be available. You know, there's so many reasons why. So many mm -hmm. reasons. 
So we need to be with people that support that and understand our our, our brand of crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that uh, you know have a million stimuli and you know, the music's going and you got ten thousand tabs open. Like people can do that for a while, and then I think they realize how hard they've got to push through to actually get to some level of productivity. And it's certainly not sustainable, at least from the people that I've worked with and I've seen. So, I yeah, like I, I, music beforehand sometimes. Like my particular craving lately for music has been the song "Liftoff," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I very first heard it on a, a Cadillac commercial. So my marketing brain first went, "Oh, Cadillac, <laughs> what are you doing? that red one," you know? <laughs> yeah. Who, and who is this person? And and I because I didn't know, and I started researching. Oh, this is what it is. And then, then I found the whole entire song, and then I just sit and just turn it like top volume and just be like, yeah. It's like okay, got it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of raised my my vibration, my energy. Totally. Then turn it off. Now I'm ready to do what I'm doing next. You know, it's, but uh, and because music really speaks to all these things, our sensory experiences. I'll, I'll come together into also what we're producing and what we're bringing into the world. And I absolutely. Just, oh, there's just so many layers to it, Matt. <laughs> yeah. 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 State management is a, is a whole thing unto itself and a real study for people to make sure that they're being the person they need to be so they can do the things they need to do. It's a, it's an important part of the, the entrepreneurial journey, which often as you, you know, have demonstrated what uh, weaves and winds into the spiritual journey as well. So yeah, absolutely the case. And sometimes, you know, that, that experience of finding that stillness, that more, that spiritual depth, that expansiveness of who we truly are, that is, has nothing to do with our formed identity on planet earth. Right. Yep. And, and I just, this just came to mind. So I think I'll just share it with you. I have never told anyone this on any of these kinds of interviews, but hmm. when I was going through trying to work through before the domestic violence, I still had plenty to work through of trauma from my childhood, right? Hmm. And so I was seeing a therapist. And I mean, you know, I had a year where I never left the small town we were living in because of my anxiety levels. I mean, hmm. I've been through the, the things. And this particular therapist introduced me to the concept of just almost getting meditative, right? Just kind of an inner journey for a few minutes. And I got so scared because the what the vision I had was this Pandora's box that I was holding on my lap. And that if I opened it up, the screaming memes were going to be coming flying around the room like something from Wizard of Oz or whatever. And I would never be able to get them back in the box. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had like almost an anxiety attack. I was like, I can't do this because I was not, I didn't know how to go to that quiet space. Mm-hmm. I'd never done it before, right? I'd never, I was always so hyper vigilant, hyper alert, make sure nothing bad happens. That, that just kept carrying forward, you know, yeah. <laughs> Reg, regular daily life. And I just thought of it as we're talking that that another reason people need support in this kind of journey is they, it may be so unfamiliar. They're so disconnected from their true source of who they are. Yes. What's, what's really running you, you know, yep. which something greater than just how our brains work. Right. And I, I just, just felt moment to share with you about that. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that uh, deep and vulnerable side of the story. Um, I, my, I have 20 years background Zen meditation, so totally understand that at some point you're sitting on the cushion, that wave of emotion is going to come crashing on the shore of your awareness, and it's going to carry with it a lot of emotion. And you know, uh, having the courage to sit in the presence of what you're feeling and not look away 
creates a type of change in people that you couldn't possibly imagine who you be on the other side. It, it creates a type of inner uh, catalyzation a lot of times and certainly alchemy. So yeah, I love that. And, and I love that you're sharing that with people who are uh, 50 and above because there is a lot of what they grew up with in that time period that just told them to push it all down and it's just not going to work anymore. It's the thing is that people realize they can, and, and, and I'm not a therapist and they know I'm sure there's types of trauma that need other kinds of work, but, but there's so much we can do with this because yeah. if we, if we don't resist the feeling of the wave that you said, you know, and know that we're going to be okay. It's all mm -hmm. going to be okay. If we just allow ourselves to have some of that feeling and find out what is, and if nothing else, like curiosity propel you, you know, I just watched a documentary called the secret life of, I think it was of, was of waves, the secret life of waves, uh -huh. kind of sciencey thing, you know, Yeah. but, but there's more to it than that because it's kind of like, we are like the ocean, right? We're like the ocean. It's just, it's just there. And the yep. waves are actually just, momentum of the water of the ocean they don't disappear yep. they don't crash on the shore and go off into oblivion they just come back into being part of the ocean yes, and when yes. they tracked well they tracked one way believe it or not for seven thousand miles from where it began its, its origin all the way to somewhere like the arctic wow. but they, they had technology that could literally track the one wave and i just was thinking this is like our human condition and that and yeah, our yeah. thoughts and our emotions if we can just see it as the waves aren't actually new water. It's just mm -hmm. momentum. Yes. <laughs> and then they hit the shore and it all continues again. That's just what the ocean does. Yeah. And so, and so on with our thinking process and this, this experience is just what our brains do. Yes. And some of it, we just can, if we can just understand that and not be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. The waves, whether they're brain waves, heart waves or waves in the ocean are energy and information. And that word information literally means energy in form, right? And it's kind of moving that energy, in this case, 7,000 miles for that one particular wave. But, you know, that same like life journey, <laughs> but that's exactly it. You know, that the, we may have this formation inside of us that will carry us through our entire lifetime if we don't start looking at it. So same process for sure. Yeah, yeah cool. Thank you. Oh, that's so, cool. so cool. So cool. I think it's exciting. I hope people will find hope in, in all of this that what would happen if you found out what was on the other side of that? Yeah. Of who you were truly capable of being. And that's Definitely. the thing I think that happened for me because I've come to, to understand that the understanding and is that we all come into the world. I don't think this is, I, I call it divine assignment, but I think it's individual to each person of where you feel called to. Yeah. But we all have potential. It isn't like someone was born you know, well, you're the one, you get to have it all. And oh, sorry about you. You didn't make the cut. Yeah. You know, we have that potential and, and just, but our poor little brains is infants even, you know, we're taking in so much negativity. And I, I think about babies being in a room with the news on even of like, mm -hmm. you know, programming, programming, programming. And, and a lot of it is just our brain, the machinery part of our brain. Right. Yeah. I, I think of, of having like a, um, divine mind is kind of how I interpret it. And that's, that mm -hmm. is that higher part of our brain, our mind part that doesn't show up in an MRI. And then the brain is just machinery doing, it doesn't care one way or the other, as far as right, wrong, good, bad, yeah. 
mental. It's just doing what it's been trained to do. Yep. <laughs> We've showered attention on certain thinkings, you know, then the, the brain says, oh, that was important. Okay, well, so we'll just march that limita limitation, limiting belief out every single time because Kina already told me that was important because she was thinking about it a lot, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, that makes that totally makes sense. makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I know it's something I would talk about with my clients, both in healing and coaching contexts in the past, you know, they, they would have this emotion or this thought pattern that would show up. And a lot of times the, the standard kind of philosophy around this is you got to get to the bottom of it. But I found for a number of people, it was just habit. It was just literally a neurological habit of a type of thinking that didn't have a whole lot of anchor. There was nothing to clear anymore. They'd done all the work around it, but they hadn't broken the habit. And it was just time to do something different. And when they realized it, it's a huge type of freedom to recognize uh, there's uh, there's nothing to fix here. I just got to go do the thing I want to do. So yeah, I think a lot of us kind of land in that, whether we see it or not. And then those habits, those habits of thought, you start thinking that's who you are. Yes. I am that identity and it can be stuff that you heard when you were a kid and things, you know, and it is not your identity that that's, a, that's, I think that's more of a mind bender for a lot of people to kind of start. And I'm still working on understanding, having a deepening understanding, you know, I call it innocent misunderstanding you know, <laughs> of, of what, what it's really all about. And yeah. it has, it, this isn't about religion or a church, but it is about believing that there's a higher source. For me, I do identify that as God. That's what sure. I call it. And, but yeah. anyone, whatever a person's belief system is, you know, I, I, it's, it's open to their own interpretation of there's got to be something more to this whole thing. You know? <laughs> and it, it's so freeing if you can start to understand that you choose to be, you know, like, what do you want to do? What would you like to create? You're the co-creator yeah. of your life, right? you create and so yeah. we're born out of that creation we're a little tiny particle of that greater creation we get to be part of it and so yes. what do you choose to create and so then what do you need to be to do that because it isn't just the doing okay well i'll just work harder and i'll write a whole lot of copy and i'll do that. i had to be i had to become the person that could go into an event and network with people i had to yeah. be the person that uh, said, I'm going to get this done no matter what. And there's a deadline, I'm meeting it. You know, I mean, just all the various things of the world that we have to be to be able to do yeah, instead yeah. of the other way around, right? Yeah, totally love it and completely agree. Um, I'd love to to shift just for a moment and pull on a, a different part of your expertise. You know, part of what we're looking at with the research lab is how we weave in the conversation about transformation and ethics. And you've seen a lot of these rooms. You've seen a lot of pitches. You've helped people write pitches. You've seen tons of copy. And you've, I'm sure, seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a funny moment in the coaching and transformation industry. I, I see it as the Wild West moment. You know, there's so, it's so easy to get into. There's a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of, quote unquote, policing or kind of regulation. Um, and that has both really positive and some challenging connotations. So I'm wondering, you know, there's, I guess, two sides of this that I'm curious about. One is, how do you uh, help people not fall in the the traps of, you know, over-promising and under-delivering with their copy or, or you know, kind of setting up their, themselves for failure in what they're delivering? Um, and then also from the consumer side, how do you uh, make good decisions about who you're going to play with in this coaching and transformation space? I think 
uh, kind of proof is in the pudding on some of these things. I, and I do think there there is an aspect of intuitive guidance that we should mm-hmm. be to, you know, of how how is this feeling to me? You know, yep. I think really educating yourself, taking responsibility. And we all make mistakes along the way. I've certainly invested in some things that I went, well, that was a mistake. You know? yep. <laughs> but then then also choosing your reaction to that of, I mean, if there's if it's necessary to follow up with something, absolutely. But sometimes it's just, you know, I learned something from that, or this is yeah, that yeah. nugget I got from it, or I learned something more about myself from that. Or I'm now I see that I've actually transcended that. I'm moving mm-hmm. beyond that. And so some of those things when making a decision, how I've made decisions of, of whom I'm going to work with is I, I do my homework as much as possible. But I also, I have to say, I really do trust that inner guidance. I've, mm-hmm. I've been in some very, um, what most people would call expensive programs where I decided just like that, where the person even said, wow, you didn't know me last week. And this week you're ready to do the $50,000 thing with me, you know, and it's because I just knew deep in my core that this was the right thing for me to do. Yeah. I think we all have that ability to tap into that, but it has to get cultivated and, and mm-hmm. I'm to trust it. So there's that aspect of it. And it certainly doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't hurt actually to be able to follow kind of the, the trail of what they've been doing, read other people's comments about them, you know, yeah. that type of thing. Um, but I think just doesn't feel right. I, it was so funny. I have someone in one of my programs, she's now actually works for me now. And she said, when I first saw you, Tina, she said, I was just trying to decide, you know, am I going to join or not? And she says, I just happened to love flamingos and I love Hawaiian shirts. This is another one of my guilty places. <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, authentic Hawaiian shirts. And so uh, she saw me in a call. I had a turquoise shirt on that had pink flamingos all over it. And that, for her, that was it. That was her sign. <laughs> That's great. She followed that and she, and I said, like, now she works for me. <laughs> so that's kind of, that was kind of fun, but, but just uh, on the, on the offering side, on the marketing side, just speech real with people, yeah. you know, and just, we're not selling stuff. You know, mm-hmm. what we're really marketing is a result a marketing an outcome, marketing something people are looking for. If we truly know we have something that will help them yeah, in that yeah. journey and 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 can communicate that clearly the language is so important the words we choose the words we say to ourselves the words we say to our clients i call it words of the third words of the third power mm-hmm. because it's the words we say to ourselves it's the words we share in the world in our marketing our communication it's the words we receive from our own guidance also for our own guidance so there's lots of different ways the words are used but um really selling out of a, a place is of serving a lot of times mm-hmm. people say well i hate selling so think of it of how am i serving someone and what is the potential outcome for them and then that gets back to pricing also because if you can see that and you have experienced that you have great outcomes for people then the value of what you do goes up as far as the financial resources part and there's nothing wrong with making money there's no it's it's money's just another form of energy there's and it's out there for everyone um and if that's part of what i do in mine is to try and help at different levels so that people can access the, the first steps, even if they're not able to invest at a very high level yet. Yeah. Those kinds of things. I think just knowing what your true intention is, both especially in the marketing side, if you're selling the thing, what is mm-hmm. your intention? Uh, how are you? What's the what's the proof element of what you're able to do to, to assist people? And yeah. how can you get that through without it just being layers and layers of hype, right? And what do we mean by hype? It is the overpromising of 
take a breath, you know, take a step back. Don't be afraid to actually meet head on what the skepticism might be in the person that's considering. Well, mm. this might not be for you. You may not be ready for this if this such and so. And this is now we're in the copywriting marketing strategy, but what our messaging should both attract and repel. It needs mm -hmm. to attract those that are the right fit for us, the right personalities, the right, you know, I hate to even use the word personality, but but just in the same, in the right space for you. And yeah. we want to repel those that are going, oh, this is a load of garbage. Or no, I don't think, I don't like your voice, you know, whatever it may be, you know, go away, bless you, bye, you know, <laughs> and not take it personally. You know, it's not a yep. personal thing. And, and so that's being that true and honest and authentic in your messaging will take you a lot further than trying to just blanket, you know, market to the masses, anybody and everybody. If you're breathing, you're my customer. This, yeah. You need this, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that's just a really inner heart-spaced spirit journey of yep. being honest with yourself about what, what you have and what you're doing and, and how you're serving. Yeah. I don't know, does that help? I hope. It totally helps. It totally helps. Yeah. And, and finding the right way to describe what you're doing and sometimes certainly getting help, sometimes not listening to that help, you know, just the way you described I, I worked with a number of really good copywriters as I was learning copy. And one of the things they always told me is you have to make your copy more simple. You know, people read at a fifth grade level and, and well, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was, I just found myself as I tried to do that saying like, this is not who I am. I can't get across the message. Part of the gift of the way I write is the density of the language and the specificity, and it speaks to a person who's ready for that journey. Yeah, that's it exactly. Because I read all through your, uh, well, at least one of your websites, and it's very elevated language. Okay, yeah. and and it's for a certain type of individual that's yeah. going to resonate with that. It's not you saying, "Well, I'm going to water it all down to really, really, really simple words because that's what I'm supposed to do." And sometimes we need to zig when everybody else is zagging or opposite, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was thinking that because I, you know, the marketing, I love marketing and I love all aspects of copy. And so yeah. I can't help but think that way when I'm reading anything. <laughs> and so, so I'm seeing it at two different levels, but your messaging is very, very elevated and it's totally clear what it is mm -hmm. as I'm reading it, but it's also clearly for a certain type of individual. So you're automatically doing exactly that. You're attracting someone that resonates with your message, your true authentic message coming from that heart space where you say, this is how I have to say this, mm -hmm. no matter what these other coaches told me about copy, you know, and then there's the person reading it going, okay, finally, somebody who's, who speaks my language, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somebody who finally gets it, or, or this just, a tr I don't totally understand it yet, but I'm on board. I want to talk to this guy because yeah he's totally reaching out to me and and when people say things like that to you i felt you wrote that just for me or i felt mm. like that video was just for me you know mm -hmm. that, that's a sign we watch for the watch for the market markers on the trail the little sign yep. post you know saying you're on the right path here because you are now talking to the right people and, yeah. and when i say right i just mean it res your message resonates with them they find something of value in it for themselves i think yeah. that's the other aspect of selling thinking of it as serving because if you can really communicate clearly what it is you have for them they will make the decision we don't have yes, to get yeah. them in a hammer lock and you know beat them on the head you know there's an expression buy or die you know and all yep. people said i've been in events where one uh, marketer who shall remain nameless said i sell crap in a box right and I mean, it, that's a clear sign you don't want to deal with that individual, most likely, unless you're into buying crap in a box, right? <laughs> so, 
Yeah. And, but that's what really is a stomach churning thing is to know uh, that there are people out there that they really, you know, it's, it's hit and run marketing. That's, yeah. that's what drive by marketing. You know, it's like, all I care about is getting those dollars today. I don't care what happens to you tomorrow. You know, yeah. I'm not available to you in any way, shape or form, you know, yeah. being very clear on how available you are. Maybe at entry mm-hmm. level, you're not super available as far as one-on-one or anything like that. So we have Mm -hmm. our perimeter of power around our business. You know, this is where the boundaries are that we need Mm -hmm. to have in our business. And, and sometimes people go too far the other way of just going to give everything to everyone all the time. And and guess what? That ends up being the one that says I'm burned out. I'm exhausted. You know, all of that. So the entrepreneur martyr just being, and just being really honest about here's what's going to happen next. You know, it's the yes. open, open loop kind of, and then take them through that journey. It's kind of the, we call it future pacing, right? This is what you are going to experience. This is what mm-hmm. you can expect. Just being clear, just be clear about what you've actually got and don't try to, you know, pump it up with five exclamation points. Oh, that'll make more energy and might, no, it won't. It'll mm-hmm. actually make it more hypey, okay? You know? <laughs> Read your copy aloud. Can Do you understand it? Does it give you chills? Does it put you to sleep? You know, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of things that you can do with your communication, but yeah. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, people, people love buying. They yeah. don't love being sold to. So if you can create a dynamic that allows them to feel like they're actively in the process of buying and saying yes to both you and themselves, they want to do that. But when it starts to cross that line of, you're in their kind of energetic territory and you're pushing them around, they usually shut down. So, and I think on the coaching side, what you're saying, I think about that a lot too, because um, to me, coaching isn't, oh, I have the solution. Now my brain may say, oh, I have the solution when I'm hearing this, but the, but the journey really is for the other person. It's not, uh, Tina just came to the party here and I'm going to prevail. It's when I work with, with clients, it's, I need to be able to slow my own thinking down my own and and really listen instead of trying yeah. to anticipate what's happening next and now i'll say that you know do it just you know people selling big involved scripts of every word you're supposed to say when you're coaching yeah. all this stuff. no you know they, there has to be something more about how you're and knowing where who's a good fit client for you or not you know if it's obvious that they are really in some kind of serious issue that they need a much higher level of help with then we have yeah, to have yeah. the integrity to say lovingly I'd like to point you in this direction. I think this might be a better fit for you right now, you know, as opposed to, uh, or, or then there's the ones that I really feel very confident that I can help you with this. Yeah. This is, you know, and, and having that, just having a conversation. And, but really it's more about listening and asking questions than it is, you know, doling out tons of advice. And those of us that have been in marketing strategy, it can be easy to code to that side of things. Yep. Very easy, right? Yeah. And maybe a little harder to say, I'm just going to hold back and listen a little more here, you know? So I, Absolutely. I think those are things to look for in the coaching arena too, I think. Yeah, beautiful and well said. Thank you. Thank you for taking that little sidestep diversion into marketing and strategy. We appreciate it. Um, so I'd love to ask you, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. This is this is the, the world according to Tina Lorenz. You know, if you had the ability to put all of the people who were the right fit through your program and you wanted to see one thing change in the world, two things, you know, you want to see this type of shift, what's the thing that would change and why would the world be different because of it? The thing would change is really that we are all made of, at the risk of sounding, here we go, love, really. But that's yes. at the core of everything. 
and that we have that light because with love is light, right? It's, it's an opening. It's, it's a lighting the way. It's full of stars and sparkles, you know? <laughs> so if we can understand that, if I can help anyone understand who they truly are, what they truly are at the very deepest depths of themselves, and then expand on that of the vision of something that they want to create and they choose to create and they start to see that come to life with impact and and resonance. Maybe they're going to make a bunch of money. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's all about, I already made the money. I just want to, I want to get this message out. I want to do this. It, all of that is completely individual. But if we can approach from that sense of seeing each other as mm-hmm. part of the whole and knowing we truly are all part of the whole from wherever yeah. we are in the world and that starts to take out the impatience and the anger. It doesn't mean we're not going to have all those moments, but that we can catch them quickly in, in ourselves and say, oh, wait, hey, that's my old pattern of thought kicking in. If we could make that one shift with whatever anyone's doing, I do believe that changes the world. And, and wow, do we ever need it? <laughs> you know, I mean, so one person at a time, but then we join together in, in a common cause, a common belief of that we really have the capability of doing that, then I think that's that's the world changing right there. And if I could contribute anything to that, if I have and continue and can continue to, and I can assist others in doing that, that's that's what it's really about. That's really what it's about. Job well done, right? Yes, yes. Same team, same team. Yes, love it. <laughs> you know, totally I- agree. I told you earlier, there is one other little dimension that sometimes we just have to have a little tap up <laughs> like that. A little magic. <laughs> just to remind you, there's magic in it all too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Tina, for bringing your your brilliance and your energy and your wide open heart. Um, I'd love for people to know how they can get in touch with you and be a part of what you're doing and, and keep their eyes on your mission. How would you like them to contact you? Thank you. I, I just love this conversation as well. I mean, I have a feeling you and I could sit down and talk all day about all probably <laughs> force ourselves to stop, but uh, they can find me on any social of the social medias except TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but the Tina Lorenz is, is Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and then my website is tinalorenz.com. <laughs> and that, that will uh, kind of introduce them to what I'm doing as well as how they can reach out to me if they're interested in and having a conversation with me. Amazing. Well, we'll put that in all the show notes. And again, thank you. It's always uh, refreshing and fun to spend time with like-minded and like-hearted people. Thank you, man. I've been so honored to be here and really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks again.